Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. Tonight, I want to share with you my top four strategies to simplify your remote teaching journey. We are in the midst of remote teaching for many of us and for quite a few of us. It looks like this is going to continue for a little bit longer. So because this is not just something that is happening for a week or two, but this is something that we're going to have to get accustomed to, I'm going to make the assumption that you are probably spending more time prepping and planning as a remote teacher than you were when you were doing face-to-face in the classroom. And what I'm going to propose are my four strategies to reduce some of that prep that you are experiencing right now that goes above and beyond what you would regularly experience as a classroom teacher. To expect that we can go prep free is pretty unrealistic, but we do need to have some elements of our life back. And we need to make sure that remote teaching doesn't completely consume us. Now, as teachers, we have the benefit of picking and choosing what we do in our classrooms. So we can choose strategically what it is that we're going to do in our remote classrooms. And we can systematically choose activities for our students that are going to reduce the amount of prep and planning that is happening in our digital remote rooms. So I'm going to walk you through the four areas that I think are key to help you reduce your remote teaching workload. Now, the very first one is really about you, and it's your mindset, and really getting your mindset set as to what it is to be a remote teacher. This is not something we expected to be teaching remotely. We did not train for this. It was not anything that we probably expected when we signed up to be a teacher and went to teacher's college. We were taught how to instruct our students in front of a classroom where they were in our room. They were in front of us and we were all in the same room. And remote teaching is just a completely different beast. But how we think about our job and our role as a teacher in the remote classroom is imperative to our success and stress level of being a remote teacher. How we perceive what is happening, how we assume our role as a teacher is going to be, how we envision ourselves and what we expect of ourselves are the way we envision what a good remote teacher looks like and how a teacher functions in a remote type classroom is all contributing to what it is that we're creating for ourselves. The stress level and the overwhelmed feelings that we're creating for themselves are often going to be tied to these unwritten expectations that we have placed upon ourselves. So when we reframe how we think about who we need to be as a remote teacher, what makes a successful remote teacher, and exactly what it means to teach remotely, and how that is supposed to look when we're interacting with our students, when we frame very clearly what that looks like, we can change our perceptions of what is happening and in turn how we are reacting to those situations. 
the things that we tell ourselves are facts and the ways that we are thinking about the situation will in turn impact the way we emotionally react to the situation and our actions and our feelings are all impacted by the way we think. When we change the way we think, we change the way we act and feel. So that's step number one is we really have to set a set aside some time to really evaluate and look forward and kind of say, what is this supposed to look like? Now, the second aspect that's going to help to simplify your remote teaching journey is going to be prepping and planning. And it is going to come down to figuring out a very organized schedule. And some of the easiest ways to simplify what it is we're prepping and planning is to make things into a routine. And when we routine our dream, I don't even know who coined that term, but when we routine our dream, things become simpler. When we plot out exactly what our language block in the remote classroom is going to look like, when we plan out exactly what every day in our math block is going to look like, we follow the same format for every lesson, the content changes, but we follow the same structure each and every lesson. Same with science and social studies and all of the other subjects we teach. When we have an organized system in which we can plan out our lessons, we can then simply know what we need to plug into place each and every week like clockwork. It also means that we have to use some of the resources that we already have. We don't need to reinvent the wheel or spend a fortune on digital resources that we can pick and choose systematically which resources we need to use, what we already have that can be repurposed, and how we can present information in a bit of a different way. My biggest tip is cut back on those slides. We don't need all of the slides all of the time. But when we have an organized schedule that walks us through each of the chunks of time within our subject blocks, when we can repurpose the content that we already have and make it work for a digital classroom, we can simplify some of the prep and reduce some of the unnecessary prep that we've convinced ourselves is actually necessary when it's not. The third aspect that you can use to simplify your remote teaching journey is to look at the instructional strategies that you are using and how to convert the things that you are already doing in your classroom into a remote version and looking at how we can harness some of the different digital tools and apps that are out there and how we can use those tools to allow us to facilitate the same type of activity that we would do in our classroom and translate that into what is happening in the remote classroom. So often we teach all day and then we plan and prep every aspect of the lesson in the evening and that's what's taking up so much of our time is we're essentially teaching tomorrow's lesson at in the evening and then just presenting it during the day. But that's not what we do in our regular face-to-face classrooms. We are not walking through each aspect, all of the words we are going to say. We're not teaching the lesson twice when we're in a face-to-face classroom. We don't spend all day teaching and then go home and video record every lesson we're going to teach and then go into our classrooms and just hit play. We do things a little bit differently in our face-to-face classrooms. We show up, We have an idea of what we want to do that day right in front of our students and we teach it. 
Well, we can use those same strategies, the same instructional strategies, like the gradual release of responsibility with modeled, shared, guided, independent. We can harness some collaboration activities, as well as increase the communication we have between ourselves and our students as to what is happening. We can do all of that and just simply take what we are good at for face-to-face -face classroom and just use that and harness our technology tools that are available to us to allow us to use those instructional strategies in the moment in our remote classrooms. Now the final aspect of how to simplify your remote teaching journey is to look at assessment and the idea that not everything needs to be marked. Now, that doesn't mean that not everything needs to be checked, but we need to split our assessment into three different categories. First, we have the diagnostic, then we have the formative assessment, and then finally, the summative assessment. And think about where your time needs to be spent. Number one, diagnostic assessment is great for you to gather and get some ideas as to their strengths and needs. It's not something that necessarily needs to provide feedback, but it does inform your instructional practices for your prepping and planning and instructions. Then you have formative assessment. Now, formative assessment is your practice. This is stuff that does not need rubrics. It does not need you to spend more than like a minute and a half looking over their work. It should be something that is quick and easy for you to just check off and say, yes, they get it, no, they don't. The goal of your formative assessment really should be to, again, inform your instruction in the process of learning. So really what you're asking yourself is, I know what they're supposed to be doing at the end for that summative task. When I'm ready to be giving them a summative evaluation, I know what they need to be working towards. I have a rubric for that summative task. What I need to assess now is, are they on the right path? Do they get it or do they not get it? Are they really good at it? Are they progressing very well? Are they progressing well, progressing with some success or progressing with difficulty? That's really what you're looking at for formative assessment. That can be done pretty quickly. Then you have your summative assessment. This is where you're going to spend a bit more time marking. You're going to provide meaningful feedback or more meaningful detailed feedback. You may have a rubric. It may be a test that takes you a little bit longer to mark. But these are going to be the three categories of assessment. And if you treat everything like it is a piece of summative assessment where there's rubrics and you're spending five, 10 minutes for each student's piece of work to mark it, then you're going to be spending most of your free time marking. But instead, we can divide what they're handing us and we can divide it into diagnostic, formative, and summative assessment. Formative assessment, which is what's going to take us a lot of time if we treat all formative pieces like they're summative, if we just treat those like a checklist of a progress report of progressing with difficulty, progressing with some success, progressing well and progressing very well. We just plot them out on that continuum that will give us enough information to tell us whether or not they get it and they're ready for that summative task. All things considered, there are ways that we can simplify our remote teaching journey. And it is for this exact reason that I have put together a more detailed video workshop course that's called the Remote Teacher Roadmap. In there, we talk in detail about how to reframe your mindset. We've got activities to work through to help you reframe what you expect of yourself and what is realistic for you to 
expect of a remote teacher and what a good remote teacher looks like. It also means we're going to walk you through the planning of how to plan and implement detailed schedules of what a literacy block could look like, what your math block could look like for each day, along with different choice board templates and different work pages that you could have to help you plan and structure and organize your remote scheduled day. And then we are also talking about all the instructional strategies and specifically how to take the instructional strategies that you use in your classroom face-to-face -face and how to convert those into remote classroom type activities, including what tech tools you can use to harness those pieces of learning. And we will dig into more detail into assessment in terms of how you can use assessment, what strategies you can use to speed up your assessment process so that you can get more things marked in a lot less time. So all of that and more is located in our workshop course that is called Remote Teacher Roadmap. Now Remote Teacher Roadmap is available for you now at $34.99 and you can buy that in Canadian dollars and you can get that at www.ml-go.com forward slash RTR. Thank you so much for joining me today and I can't wait to see you as part of our Remote Teacher Roadmap family. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry live.